I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I head up hip-hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip-hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of The Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element hip-hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to Digging In Digits. Ben. I never knew a la 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 a la like this. <laughs> Gotta be some digits for me to dig in. <laughs> ben, I ain't seen you in a minute. I recorded this podcast and decided to send it. <laughs> that was yeah. effort, but I got it. <laughs> You're all over it, man. That was that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, that was that was, that was good. I, I don't mind. I didn't mind that one. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> mind that one. <laughs> so uh, just for just for. Um, what's the word? Just for, just for a disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen, I am on the back end of a chest infection. If you listen to what's good, you know I had that. I was in the midst of that, and now I'm on the back end of it. So, yeah, so if I cough, apologies. I will do my best to uh, delete uh, whatever I can. And, uh, yeah, but I uh, just wanted to give that disclaimer. But anyway, hello, Ben. Uh, excusing the intro. How are you doing? And <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm good. Hello. I'm sorry to hear that you have a chest infection. I'm sorry to hear about that. Oh, all right. So calm down. It's, it's not bad. I'm not. I'm not dying. It's fine. Well, that's good. Just, just, just a cough. It's just a cough. It's just that's a cough. Good. We're good. We're good. We're okay. It's just. It's just. It's just mad annoying. Just it comes and it, it just comes and then like, as soon when we recorded last week, it was actually just about to be in. So, I was just like, let me just get past this recorded and, <laughs> and just hope it. Hope it's gone by the time we do the next one. But. uh yeah, no, it's still here, still here. But mm-hmm. other than that, uh, cough talk over. It's, it's, it's been about a minute of that. Uh, <laughs> how's, your, how's your week? And what have you been blasting this week? Uh, my week was actually, I'll be honest, it was pretty challenging. I had a pretty rough week mentally, uh, but Common got me through. And I listened to... Okay, so I have the nastiest transition in the history of music this week because I listened to Common's Let Love, we'll get to that, but I listened to it back-to-back with Taylor Swift's Lover. And it is the nastiest thing I've ever done in my entire life. I've never experienced a whiplash like that, to go from something so mature, so (laughs) philosophical, so grown, so knowledgeable, to something so childish, so immature, so pointless. Like, I, I don't want to... Look, I don't want to just say the album is trash. I want to explain why the album is trash, okay? <laughs> Taylor Swift is 29 oh years old. She turns 30 in a couple Certainly, of months. ladies and gentlemen. Fucking up. She turns 30 in a couple of months, okay? She's singing as if she's a 15-year-old girl in high school. I have no idea who Taylor Swift is. No one knows who Taylor Swift is. She never, ever shows any kind of, like, growth, maturity. The only time she shows any self-awareness on this album is The Archer, which is an incredible song. And I have a huge issue with Taylor Swift because of this song. Because anyone... I know I'm getting into this, but I have to, because this this album pissed me off. It's like... Taylor Swift can write beautiful, incredible, deep music, and she used to when she was a country singer. When she, but now it's like 
insert generic pop star here on every single song she does except like one or two. It's like I thought, is this Miley Cyrus singing? Like, who is this person? It doesn't matter who's singing this song. It's like Dr. Luke and Max Martin wrote this entire album. I don't even know if they produced it. I don't even know if they're involved in it. That's how bad it is. It just sounds like cookie-cutter pop music. And to name it Lover, like, you literally have no idea what love is. It's like, you just call it luster or... Like, what are you doing? This None of this is love. Have you ever even had... <laughs> have you ever even had a successful, long-term, mature relationship? Because how am I meant to know anything about you? You've never... Like, all you do is create albums that just slam your ex-boyfriends all the time. And then the next song's about the next guy you're falling in love with. You've been in love, like, 80 times now at this point. It's like... Oh, man, I could not stand... And it's, it frustrates me. The reason it frustrates me is because I can't wait for that grown mature self-aware taylor album where she just comes in and creates she will she will release a classic at some point in her life she really will if she sits down and writes an album about what she's been through and her experiences oh my gosh it's gonna be amazing but like you're 29 when are we gonna get that album why do i have to keep wading through teenage mess it's like she sings about high school like 10 times it's like you're 29 that was 15 years ago what are you doing Oh, man, that album pissed me off. And I didn't just want to say it's trash. I wanted to explain why it was trash. So, yes, I had maybe that contributed to my poor mental health this week. That was a rough listen, man. Was that literally the two projects you listened to? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was rough. <laughs> well, you know, I listened I listen to Common all week. I did listen to Sir's album and Her's album, but I didn't listen to them enough to give them a full breakdown. But those are the two new albums that I sat down and dissected, and I did them back to back. And it was just ridiculous. It was like, it took me two days to get over that crap, man. I was like, I had to leave myself a 10-minute voice message just to vent and just to calm down. I was like, oh, gosh. Anyway, yeah, that's what I listened to, Charlie, this week. What did did you listen to? Uh, not Taylor Swift, that's for fucking sure. Um, so, so basically, uh, yeah. So I started off. Uh, I started off with a, an album that I've been planning to get meaning to get into for a while. Uh, this is uh, uh, Rouge by Yuna, and uh, it, she dropped here, I think, last month or something like that. I listened to one single of hers called Pink Youth, uh, and it featured Little Sims. And, you know, my Little Sims fandom, mm-hmm. uh, I was immediately on that. And it felt like something, the, the song itself, the single, felt like something like uh, from the 90s, like Jamiroquai kind of vibe. Nice. I fucking loved it. So I just thought I'd get into the whole album just to see what that's about. And, uh, yeah, man, it was it was, it was good. She has, this, um, she has this very light voice that just... It just goes so well over many styles, so um, it just it just it just works. It's it's a, it's like it's a good album. It's a good album. Nice a nice album for 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 a good vocalist right there. Um, shout out to uh, the people at uh, Hip Hop Golden Age because they put me onto an article they uh, did. I forgot who wrote it, but um, or who collated the list anyway. But it was basically like nine albums, nine hip hop albums, not from the US. So I'm gonna, I might, I most likely will mention uh, this particular article several times over the next couple of weeks because I'm, I've still got people to get through. But I listened to one uh, by Sebar Kapstad, K-A-P-S-T-A-D. Um, Seba spelled 
SEBA, uh, called Thena, and it's basically f- uh, a group of uh, a quartet of uh, a South African, uh, Eswatini, formerly of Swaziland, I think. Was it Zimbabwe? I think it was Eswatini. And two Germans. And it's just, it, it was just so fascinating of how different it was in terms of like styles. There's so much to, there's so much to eat here in terms of just the amount of uh, different styles they hop into. Like, there's some great vocals on here, there's some good bars on here, like actual rapping, and there's some hip-hop styles, there's some soul styling, there's a bit of African, uh, uh, obviously, infused uh, tracks in here. It's just it's just great. It's just a great smorgasbord of uh, multicultural music, and I just, uh, you know, it was a really good listen. And then I got to around, well, this weekend... And I am, I was going to listen to that her album, well, compilation album, because basically it's like, you know, her past two EPs just slapped together with a few uh, different features here and there. So, you know, I will get to that and I I probably won't mention it, but I I am going to listen to that regardless. Uh, But I ended up listening to, okay, so (laughs) I listened to two albums that have the word summer in it. And the one you can guess is Sir, uh, Chasing Summer, Mm. obviously TDI Sir, dropping that. And, uh... You know, I, I like it. I like it. It's good. You know, yeah, I, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's it's right up Sir's alley. It's, it's, it's exactly what I felt. You know, expectations reached, but I didn't. I felt it wasn't as good as November. Just for me personally, I mm-hmm. loved November. His previous album. I just love the. That, that was just a great journey just to go through. I was. I can repeat this and that all the time. Um, this one, Chasing Summer. While I didn't enjoy it, uh, I just didn't see it as better than uh, November, but. Regardless, it is good. So when I say that, I want to put people on to uh, this site. It's called Black Party. Um, and it has uh, 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 the, the capital lettering uh, in diff- in weird places. So just type up Black Party. You'll know what I'm talking about. And that's called Endless Summer. And it's kind of this, it's the same kind of thing. You know, summer, uh, summer vibes, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and I found it just a little bit better, or just on par with Chasing Summer, and I just find that fascinating, in, just in terms of how people discover music, so you can just, excuse me, you can listen to Sir, you can you can listen to Sir if you want to, obviously he's a major label artist and stuff like that, but there's this other guy, Black Party, who does, who's done a very similar album in terms of tone and style, and it's just as good, so, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's just a, you know, a, a, a life lesson, you know, there's plenty of other there's plenty of other people you can get into, as, as I always try and say. Uh, Joel Ortiz dropped an album oh, yeah. called Monday. Um, yeah, how'd you like it? I found that. Uh, I found yeah, it was um, it was um, yeah, it was it was good. It was good. It was good. I haven't. I will say I haven't listened to much Joel Ortiz before. Um, I just saw it and I just thought, bunny, oh, I have some time and I'll give it a listen for the first time. So this is like the first Joel Ortiz albums I've actually fully listened to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know I know this. he has obviously a long career behind him, so mm. I wanted to kind of, I guess, take that into account, but I obviously can't because I haven't listened to the rest, so I don't know how the rest are. But in this particular album, I was like, the, the titling is very simple. Um, so if there's like one track called Anxiety, and literally the track is... What you'd expect is him talking about anxiety, and it's mm. a, so it's very to the point. Um, there's one about his mother. Um, there's one about children and uh, be, you know constantly being on screens. 
there's all, the last track is Grammy, and basically just him saying that I don't need a Grammy, I'm good, you know, my, my, I, feel, I feel like I'm a success to myself, and that's all that matters kind of thing. So, you know, if you if you like Joel LTs, then you'll like this album. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, it was just very, I guess, uh, uh, you know, it's, it does exactly what it says on the tip, basically. You mm. see the title and you, you know what he's going to talk about. So um, if you want to consider that negative, then it's up to you. But, you know, it was, it was okay. It was a good listen. Um, two uh, British projects I want to shout out. Verb T and Pitch 92's uh, Question of Time. Uh, Pitch 92 is a great, uh, amazing uh, UK hip hop producer. There's amazing beats, and just uh, he actually had an album a, th- a few months ago uh, by by himself, and uh, that was very good. I very enjoyed that a lot. And Verb T is a member of the Four Owls, as a, a UK hip hop uh, UK hip hop group. Um, it was um, it was it was good. I prefer in terms of you know obviously these one of these uh, is is one of those one MC one producer projects. I prefer the producer side on here uh the production on here by pitch 92 was just great i just love his production it's just very it's just very hip-hop but it also has that uh i i can't i can't really explain it it's just there's just an essence to it um and i don't know if that's just you know hip-hopisms <laughs> but uh it, it was very good and very good samples as well so you know there's there's some good there's some good stuff going here on the uk i will say and cool. uh lastly kano hoodies all summer Finally listened to that. Um, Kano, for those that don't know, staple of British, uh, UK rap music. Uh, There's actually a great uh, video uh, conversation, like an hour conversation between him and another legend, uh, Carla. And they just sit down and chat about the album. They chat about their legacy. um, And... It's just it's just an amazing conversation. So I highly recommend that. I put that on the fifth end of the tour. So if you want to go find that, go find that. Um... But yeah, the album itself is very it's very introspective in terms of looking outward. His previous album, Made in the Manor, was very inward. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's 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 kind of he has this same quality. He has that same quality, that same level of just I'm just gonna be. He 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 took a few years obviously out to think about what he wanted to talk about, and it was very it was very looking outward, talking about you know, his veteran status in the game and talking about, you know, seeing youths uh, in, in the city doing this, uh, doing bad stuff. And, you know, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't look, he doesn't talk down to them, but he kind of like just puts his arm over him. And uh, he has that throughout the album. And it's just, uh, it's just great to see. It's just great to see. I love, I, I put this on, um, I think I put this on Facebook when I saw a video of him talking to Channel 4. Um, I respect the artists I respect highly are always the ones that look at the culture from the good and bad. It's so easy. It's so easy to, you know, be glamorous, glamorize your whatever, but talking about the gritty stuff, the, the, the bad things that are happening and just, you know, adding that to your, adding that to your art and your musical journey is, you know, you don't have to do that. (laughs) You really don't. So the fact that he does it is highly respectable. And it's also obviously, uh, getting me super hyped for Top Boy, which is dropping. <sighs> God, it's September. It's dropping in a couple of weeks. I'm so gassed. But um, yeah, we're not we're not here for that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be later. I'll I'll talk about the light note someday, maybe. But uh, yeah, so let's get into the show. Okay. And we and uh, obviously by the intro, you guys know that we are talking about uh, Common. We are continuing our little retrospective series, and. 
I wanted to talk about Common. Um, simply because, well, obviously one is the first reason was obviously because he dropped an album, uh, Let, uh, Let Love, and uh, obviously coincides with a book he recently dropped as well, also about uh, love and life, I guess. I haven't read it, so <laughs> I can't really say. But I just wanted to talk about Common simply because, again, he's in my top five all time. Uh, that's solidified. So I can't really, uh, I can't find a play. Uh, if if I'm really going to rank him, he's probably not number two for me, honestly. Damn. Um, so it's pretty solidified for me in terms of who I feel, how I feel about Common and his artistry and just his journey. But I kind of just wanted to show people with this episode that this this guy has been a staple he's been he's been a lot of uh he's been a hip-hop ambassador in many ways um not just from music but also you know movies as well he's had a you know a kind of a, a lengthy-ish career of acting obviously not will smith level uh, nobody can get to that level in terms of a rapper and also a movie star but he's common's gotten good work and um you know, and uh, he's 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 spread out his wings not just from a being a hip hop musician, but also talking about social justice and all these things. But we'll um, well we might dip into. We'll see. But for now, we'll just talk about the music. So yeah, um, starting with that, uh, we'll talk about let let love. We'll talk about the album itself. And uh, Ben, take it away into your opinions on uh, his latest album. Yeah, I think just firstly. Uh... You know, he he dropped I Used to Love Her way back in, I think it was 93, 94. And ever since then, if you look at Common's mm-hmm. career as a whole, he loves hip-hop and he's done everything in his power and, and everything just to promote hip-hop, uh, promote the people around him, promote social justice, promote, you know, it's just, it's been an incredible career. And I think when you drop a song like that really early in your career, there's a lot of pressure on you to say, you know, to actually live by that and and to lift hip hop up. And I've never seen a misstep in Common's career. I've never seen a, a disrespectful thing said or a direction that was. Yeah, it's just it's been an incredible career and like just in so many different realms. And we will get to that a little bit because I think it's important not to just look. You know, the, the music's like been incredible. But it's also important to look at Common the man and and Common the activist and Common the you know the movie star. Like there's there's so many different aspects to his artistry. But with the first uh, with this latest album, this was an interesting album to me. You know, I said I listened to it back to back. Well, I, I listened to it before I listened to Taylor's album, and yeah, it was just really grown. It was it was pretty much what I expected from Common at this point in his career. It felt a lot like a spoken word album. Mm-hmm. It was almost mm-hmm. like he was just sitting down. It, Common mm-hmm. actually said on It's The Real when he was on that podcast, he compared, uh, or it might have been uh, It's The Real, the, the the two guys on that, shout out to them, they're hilarious, man. But they might have compared Like Water For Chocolate to 444. Um, I think Common then doubled down on it and said, you know, he'd kind mm-hmm. of been doing grown man rap for a while. But this felt really 444-esque just like spoken words sitting down talking to the talking to the audience uh and and there were so many gems on there and it was so deep i actually cried a couple of times especially the one about his daughter the song about his daughter where she was kind of not calling him out well she did she she called him out and 
And he said on the podcast, he was like, when she first did that, and everyone would have this reaction, I think. He, he was angry at first and, and upset. He was defensive. But the thing about Common is the man is just like what I like about people in these situations is there are people in the world who would hear that and then just look at it objectively and sit down and say, okay, how do we work this out? What can we do? But I really respect the people who have that emotional reaction first because a lot of us do and a lot of us never move past that. Common moved past that. He's like, okay, I'm really upset and angry right now, but you know, she feels that way. I feel my way. Let's work out what common ground we have and, and work out what to do about it. And that felt like the whole album. You know, it felt mm. like a very mature human who has learned a lot and is passing on that knowledge. And that's why it felt so jarring to then go to Taylor Swift's album because it's just like night and day <laughs> where it was just, it was a powerful, it was a really powerful album for me. The, the things I didn't like about the album... The production was good, but it wasn't spectacular. Now, we'll get into it when we discuss Common's discography, but I feel like the production is really, really important for Common. Uh, and I'll, I'll speak about that a bit later, but I feel like his flow and his cadence is not always the most diverse. And so when the production is like, I'm not going to say good, because I don't, th- I think that's subjective. I think it's subjective to say, oh, this production's good, this production is bad. I think people find things in different things, but there are certainly some beats that Common just sounds incredible mm. over. And these sparse, um, I guess, well, August Green was different, but these sparse kind of uh, lo fi beats um, are not always, I don't always feel the best about Common over them. And there are a few times where we try to switch up his flow and his cadence on this album where I was just like, eh, like, like a sing-songy flow or he was trying to elongate words and I was just like, eh, I don't know, man. I don't think you have to do that. But apart from that, like, it was it was what I expected from Common in, in 2019. It sounds like a man who isn't rapping for the money anymore. You know, he's just rapping out of love for hip-hop, out of just love for life and coming in and saying... And and this was off the back of, you know, uh, Nobody Smiling in Black America again. I know he dropped August Green in 2016, I think, or maybe it was a bit later than that. But yep. it's a bit of a departure when you think about his most recent solo albums. This was just a complete left turn, but it, it just felt right. It felt right for Common. He's 47, and it's like it's like bathing in knowledge when you listen to his album. What did you think of it? Yeah, um... I think wait, there's a lot of there's a lot of points I should want to pack unpack there. Like I don't think I've ever thought that I don't, I don't see an album in Commerce discography where I'm just like oh, he just had a deadline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, I've never yeah, thought, gosh, I've yeah. never thought about that from from Commons, uh, uh from me looking at Commerce discography. Like you don't do an electric circus. You don't do a universal mind control for just just like because you had a deadline. Like it just want it, it, from that is just clearly some I don't know. I guess artistic spark and it was like, I want to do something different. And that's yeah. and you know it always takes. I always think about this when I look at his uh, career, right? Where you know we praise Kanye a lot. Uh, we praise him a lot for being that experimental guy. You know, for never having the same album, yada, 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 especially recently, you know, it's always different, it's always evolving, we do it with Young Fug as well, um, 
you know, coming from a sound perspective, sometimes he just he's just taking that quick left turn. Mm. Like he come, he, he he sometimes comes back. You know, he comes back to the mean and you know and and impresses. Uh, but you know, he's had some moments where it's just like I'm gonna do something different, and I I'm completely fine. With, I'm completely fine with any artist trying to do that. You know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Depends on the artist, obviously, and the execution. But um, I don't. I've, I when we're we're gonna rank in a bit, but um, I don't see I don't see a trash project here. I don't. No, gosh, I really no. don't. No, I know no, I'm no. being. I'm probably being a little biased. I'm probably being a little a lot subjective here, but I don't see. I don't see a dud. No, I don't man. see a dud. I see missteps. I see albums where I'm like, mm, yeah, I see what you're trying to do, but it didn't, it didn't fit. It wasn't it. But I don't see like trash. This is garbage. I'm never. This is garbage. There's nothing good on this. No, no, that's that's never happened. That's never happened with comment. And I think that is something that we rarely see with with most hip hop artists. Most hip hop artists always have a doo doo project. You know, we well, you subjectively and objectively say Jay Z the goat. I say objectively Jay Z the goat, and you know, they're not all good. Garbage in there. Saying you know, just how it is. So uh, it's just how it is in my mind. But um, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's there's some doo doo. So you know, regard. (laughs) He's had a consistency there, a consistent level of quality, which I constantly respect. Out of common. there was another point that you. There was another small thing that you said there, but I wanted that I wanted to hop on, but I just don't remember for the life of me. So I'm just going to continue on. Um, yeah, just um, how do you how do you, so let's let's go through the list. Let's go through the list. Let's try and let's see where let's see where we rating these. Uh, and if I get if I get my if I think of uh, what uh, my response to what you said previously, I'll I'll just say it. But um, let's let's get let's get this discography yeah? And uh, I don't know if you want to start if you or if you I want to start, but. Um, Let's do some top. Let's do some. Let's do some ranking. Okay, off, <laughs> off, off the rip. Let's have a look at his review scores because they're really interesting. Like you say, there's no garbage or trash. The only album that got less than a sixty is Universal Mind Control. Now that got a fifty-three. Now I don't know what the hell. I don't know what the hell they were talking about with that because I loved that album. But basically, his his review average is seventy-five. It's super consistent. The way that I I started ranking, so I went yeah. from one to thirteen. But but like I was putting albums low, like Let Love came in at eleven, and I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. Like that sounds bad. I don't want people to think that that's you know a bad album just because it's eleventh. So I ranked in terms of what I would give it out of ten, which I think is a little bit better with Common because man, the lowest I had is six point five out of ten. Like, I'm not going lower than that. And even that feels a bit low. So, mm. how do we want to do it? Do you want to go album by album or do you want to just go top to bottom? Um, do, do, you, you can do top to bottom and then I can, now I'll do top to bottom. Okay. All right. Well, or actually start? do bottom to top. Start with bottom. Start okay. With All start right. The back. Start at the back. Okay. All right. So I started at 6.5 out of 10 with One Day It'll All Make Sense. Uh, just because it didn't really resonate with me or sit with me for very long. Mm. I felt like it was just uh, maybe a time uh, placekeeper between the start of his career and then the middle of his career where, you know, like Water for Chocolate and Electric Circus went way left and, and into like Soulquarians and then into more electronic like it was and and electric circus was really uh i think it was quite experimental 
So one day it all makes sense just didn't really hit for me. Very. You know, and then at, at 7 out of 10, I had uh, The Dream of the Believer. The one thing that I do like about Common is he kind of... Like, there's two types of Common album, I think. There's the very tight... Like, Let Love is Let Love is in this 7 out of 10 too, by the way. Um, there, there's these tight concepts that he rarely uh, leaves. Like, Like Water for Chocolate, B, Finding Forever. It's like... It's like he's it's like that ilmatic feeling, you know, he drags you into this world that he's created and he curates it and it's like it, nothing breaks that uh that mindset or that headspace or that sound space that you're in. Where I think the dreamer and believer could have been one of those, but there were a couple of tracks on there that just didn't mix in, like that pulled me out of it. And the reason I have let love in that 7 out of 10 is just because I think that the bars were incredible, honestly. Uh but I just think that the production was a bit lackluster. It didn't really match up with Common's... Uh, he, he's got quite a hard-edged voice. I just wanted a little bit more maybe aggression in the... Not aggression, but like a little bit of a harder edge in the beats. So then I went... This is going to be weird. So the 7.5 out of 10. Now what I'm going to premise the rest of this list is... And I said this in the, the chat to you. Is that I think that... Common is a great MC, but I think he has the same flow for like 95% of his songs. He has the same vocal tone and vocal cadence for like 95% of his songs. Okay. Now, 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 now. Okay. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But what it means is he can be very reliant on the production fitting now he said on let love uh about the jay diller beat that he had on there you know he he gave away a little bit of his process he said i already had a verse written and i couldn't go back to diller and ask him to change the beat around because my vocals were already done he's like i had to go back and actually rewrite my vocals and to me that said okay you don't often write to the beat you write and then the beat comes and then you move the beat around so that's why I have Like Water for Chocolate at 7.5 out of 10, which is the 10th in his discography. Now I wrote, I just didn't really like him over the soul and jazz stuff that the Soulquarians were doing at the time. And I just think it's this flow. It's just like, it's not a bad thing, man. When we get to higher, we'll see why. But it just felt disjointed. I think Common's uh, bars are incredible. What he's speaking about is incredible. Things very mature, it's especially for his age and that time in hip hop, but it just didn't mesh for me. And I don't know how you feel about that, because because that's a big thing. Like maybe how does how does that make you feel? Because this is just me coming into. I've been listening to his discography this whole week, right? Um, and I'm not a huge. I wasn't the biggest Common fan, but I'm a huge Common fan now. But this was just something that stuck out to me in his discography. And as a huge Common fan, like, what do you think about that? Am I completely off base here or what? Um, I personally love Like Wolf of Chocolate. And I think I'm not alone in that fact. I think most people that are fans of Common put Like War in the top two. Um, I understand where you're coming from. Um... I I kind of I I would agree if you said that for Electric Circus, um, but I don't agree for Like Wolf of Chocolate. I think mm-hmm. I think that was a 
Um, even though it was a, a genuine sound change, obviously, clearly, um, I think it was a good balance. I felt Electric Circus was what you're describing, where it was just mm-hmm. too far. Like that was that's just, but that's just me. So um, that's just my response on that particular bit. Well, let's maybe we should go back and forth on these albums because I don't want to just give you a monologue. So, how did you feel about the ones? Uh... Well, just give me, well, just give, just give, just give me the whole thing. Just give me the whole thing from bottom to top, right quick. Just give, just give me your whole list, right quick. Okay, so we got seven point five out of ten is like water for chocolate. Then eight out of ten, I've got resurrection and electric circus. Then eight point five out of ten, I've got universal mind control. Can I borrow a dollar and Black America again? Nine out of ten, I've got nobody smiling. Wow. Finding Forever and August Green, ten out of ten is wow. is B. Okay, hit me with it. Wow. Okay. See, this is see, this is interesting. This is very interesting. Like you, you have a you have a very, um, it's very topsy turvy. I must say, like it's I was, I was just kind place, of surprised. Man. So from what I'm fi- from what I'm looking at right now, I'm seeing yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing um, okay. So from bottom. I don't want to pick a bottom. <laughs> There's no bottom. There's no such thing. Bottom's bottom hard, eh? Um, how hard is, how hard is bottom? Shit, Gosh, man. I'm uh, like, I don't I want guess... this to be bottom, right. man. Just, ugh. Uh, okay, right. Okay, so I'm just I'm just going to go Electric Circus' bottom. Um, I just, oh. while I do enjoy it, I just, it's just too far left field for me, personally. Um, I think there's a lot of reliance on other artists here, um, which is obviously fine from a collaboration standpoint. I completely get it. Having like people like Omar and Erica on tracks and Jill Scott, it made sense. It made complete sense. But I'm here for common, you know what I mean? So as a common, as as an album, it's a great album. But as a common album, I'm just like, no, nah, it's, it's just not enough common for me. Um, so I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go Universal Mind Control. Then mm. oh man. Uh, then I guess then one day I guess um, then Carol then uh, then nobody's smiling oh. um, then yeah. find it forever then can I borrow whoa whoa then uh, now we're getting into hold what what's your beef finding forever man come on <laughs> come on bro that's that's like almost a classic that album that's close to a classic. <laughs> I will need to listen to it again. I will admit, but I just, I, it didn't. From what I remember from listening to it, I think about a year or so ago. It, I don't know. It just didn't. Um, okay. It just didn't hit me like. It just didn't hit me like uh, others around it. Um, I guess obviously because B was um, okay. Let me just let me just spoil it. So we got Find It Forever. Then it was uh, One Day. Then Can I Borrow? Then. Now now we're getting hard. Now we're getting really hard. <sighs> okay, resurrection, like water. Where's let love actually? I'll throw in let love there. And I didn't say how good I like let love. I really enjoyed it, by the way. I'm okay. just gonna <laughs> fuck it. I'll just I'll just let you add it, and then I totally forgot to talk about it, talk about it. Let love's great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the the song about the door was crazy. Um, and actually, a minor response to your original original points uh, that I, that I nearly forgot. Um, yeah, I, I, I like it on. I like it when the beat is very you know laid back. I really like that. I I'd like that. You know, it, it it makes me imagine like him just on a stool and he's just like talking to you. I really That's enjoy that I kind saw. of That's the that kind I of level. Too. He does that. He's he's done that a lot 
over his career and i've really yeah. i really kind of enjoyed that um that attitude so um just a, just a quick response to that yeah, that's yeah i don't know where i'm at in this list so um i think it was like let love and then we have oh the dream of the believer i really enjoyed that um uh august green and then obviously b's my number one like by a freaking mile um, mm. and i don't know if i did black america again but yeah that's uh, that's somewhere in the top five but yeah, um, I just find your list very interesting. Um, it, it, I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a whole another conversation here that we that we need to have somewhere where it's just like what kind of common we prefer because clearly, from how our lists are, and like I should have written, I should have wrote it down to be honest. I, I was freeballing it, but um, I was just, it, it, I just find, it, I just find it interesting. Of actually, I'll ask you this: What do you look for in a common? What do you look for in a common? Uh, I guess song or an album because I'm just very interested in why. Okay, so I mean, this is why this is why I think that that flow thing it all hinges on that because I think the production is very important to Common and production for me is very subjective. Now, the reason I liked Universal Mind Control, I think that was the album that the Neptunes produced heavily. Hang on, let me just double check that. And so, when I heard Common over beats like that, that really, yeah. The, so Universal Mind Control is a good example. You know that I put that. Where did I? What did I give that? I got, gave that an eight point five out of ten. A lot of people didn't like that album, but I really and the Neptune's production on that was like kind of like. Yeah, I actually said that it, it sounds like they're trying to do like Trackmasters two thousand and two stuff in two thousand and eight. Like, well, I can understand why a lot of people were kind of like, mm. man, the beats aren't that great. But what I really like is when Common is challenged by the production or the production is a bit jarring rather than like very smooth because I think Common's delivery is quite not violent. It's it's hard. It's 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 more hard nosed. It's not it's not it's not what's the right word? It's not it's not as smooth. It's not super smooth. So when he's got this crazy beat behind him or this discordant beat behind him. It just creates this texture that's incredible, and that's the th- those are the projects I gravitate towards. Now, B is uh, and Finding Forever are um, exceptions to this. I mean, B is just unbelievable. Like it's ten out of ten, it's a classic album, and I put a lot of uh, a lot of that on both of those artists. It's a great collaboration, but I guess what I look for is not. I know what I'm going to get from Common. I know that I'm going to get great lyrics. I know what flow I'm going to get. I know I'm going to get insight and maturity. Uh, and, you know, early in his career, you knew you were going to get great punchlines. And he came out with some incredible punchlines. You know you're going to get insane storytelling. And the mm. thing I really like, the thing that is the exception to this is those storytelling songs. I think they sound so good over the more smooth production. I really do. I think when he's telling stories over the, yeah. the harder production or the more disjointed or the weirder production, it doesn't sound as good. And I think that's a pillar of his career. And I think that's why some people might give those albums a lower score, like Universal Mind Control, Electric Cir- Circus, etc., because the beats are all over the place. And when Common gets into that storytelling bag, mm. which is one of his key bags in his in his career, it just doesn't sound that great. But so th- I guess that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for production that really takes him out of his comfort zone and gives me some texture. Otherwise, I feel like I'm listening to the same song over and over again. Do you- does that make sense? Yeah, I understand. Um, 
I guess for me is that comfortability. I really in I really enjoy that when he's comfortable. I understand that from an artistic standpoint, you want to push yourself, but I really do. Just I just like the warmth sometimes. So you yeah, mentioned stuff like um, you mentioned stuff like the storytelling, like the you know just over a, when he when he does it over a smooth beat is just unstoppable. Like there's it's a lot of that in many of the albums I put I put I I really enjoy it like Black America again um there's like a there's like a four song stretch where it's just oh just OP song after OB songs like and they're all most of them are love songs I think it's like a unfamiliar um love star red wine oh god it's just absurd like how it 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 just blows my mind sometimes of the stre- of the stretches you can get on uh, from song to song, and that's something I really enjoy. Like the whole whole overall common aspect is just um, the arrangement is just always on point. It's it's never it, I ne- he never overstays his welcome on an album. I never get that. It's always it always finishes when you want it to finish. Um, it always just feels like you're opening a book, you're closing a book. It it, it just works all the time for me. Um, but I do I do enjoy that f- that uh, familiarity. And the closest I get to enjoying that kind of experimental edge, I guess, is probably the Dream of the Believer. Um, simply because that was mainly No ID production, and uh, I think he had I think No ID had a significant production hand in uh, I think it was either One Day or Resurrection, I forget which but um, yeah well, he was early, even yeah. in The Dream yeah. of the Believer it felt yeah it felt um, it felt grand but also in his wheelhouse at the same time um, there was a response there was a response I was going to say uh, uh, to, to your point you keep you keep giving good points and then I keep <laughs> And then it's like another good point. I'm You're like, shit, down, I, need to write this. I need to take notes sometimes when you talk. I need. To, I, do, yeah. I need to. Yeah, I this do. is a life lesson right here. Take notes. Take notes. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I guess it. I guess for me, it is really that um, that comfortability. That's it. It's the timeless aspect. I think the thing about the production, I do sometimes feel like something like Universal Mind Control. I, I, I can guess just oh, by listening to it what year it was dropped. Very dated. You know what I mean? Very dated. I, it, it's very it's very two thousands. It's very two thousands and it just it just yeah, rubs that. me an odd way. I um hear that. I just yeah, it, it just it just doesn't fit it doesn't fit with me like that. Um you, Electric Circus on the other hand, while it's over more left field, like I said, um I can't guess the year. I know the year, but I can't get I couldn't guess it because it's just so Woo! It's just it's, 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 it's juggling it's juggling a lot of things. So, uh, it's, out there. But it's literally the circus. It's literally a circus. It's great, but um, <laughs> I guess that's not. I guess that I've kind of um, taken away my point there by saying, um, uh, uh, in terms of just uh, production, and uh, I do I do like it when it's timeless. Like, but then again, when I listen, when you listen to his first, I don't know, three albums. Um, uh, Borrowed Dollar Resurrection one day, yeah, you know they're, they're all significantly hip hop, nice hip hop, yeah. you know chill beats, you know it's, it's what it, it is, what it is, and you know I'm kind of fine with that. I'm really I'm comfortable with that. So while I'm also contradicting my own point, I do I do no, I, understand. I do feel like that some albums are just have that timeless feel, 
Um, maybe that's a subjective thing. Maybe nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. But it no, really no, no, does no, no, have no, that no. timeless feel. And I, I think when it comes to B, which is my favourite album, top five hip-hop album of all time for me, it's literally Personal. that high. Um, every beat is timeless. And that was a Kanye executive produced one. And obviously Finding Forever was as well. So um, I guess I need to listen to Finding Forever again and I'll check back in. But um, yeah, I get that with B a lot, that timeless feel. I just really, I can listen to that 50 years from now and I can still feel that that same spark I had before when I listened to it. And I get that with a lot of his work. Um, Even with something like Black America again, even with maybe something like Let Love. Obviously I need to um, let it simmer. I only listened to it today, but... um, Maybe I'll need to, yes, it's, it just has that timeless feel um, that I don't feel that I feel some artists just don't have sometimes. Sometimes they have, they are of the times, mm. and that's that's fine, you know, that's, that's completely fine. If you want to be of the time, you can be of the time, and people will remember you for being in that time. You know, Prince ain't well, okay, I won't, I won't say Prince ain't timeless, obviously, he is in a way, but um, it's very 80s, let's say that. It's you know, it's clear, he's clearly in a lane of like i was i i did music at this time michael jackson did music at this time you know what i mean i don't get that with common is even though he has this uh 30 year career i i just i I just feel like his music can last forever that's just me um and that's a bit it's a bit uh fanboyish but it's just i don't know it's just how i feel (laughs) (laughs) well let's let's talk about that for a second because B and Finding Forever was a really important part of Common's career. And what I really like about it is that, you know, he forged a career that wasn't, uh, I guess it didn't take the normal trajectory. You know, he has, this is a cool statistic, he has the second longest wait in history for a number one album. Now, where did I write that down? Because it was a crazy wait. Uh, It was, here we go. So he waited from Can I Borrow a Dollar until Finding Forever because B only went number two. He waited 5,429 days, which is Mm. nearly 15 years before he had a number one album. And I think B was his... um, B was his first top 10 album. Wait, let me just triple check that because I don't want to be on wax getting that wrong. Yeah, B was his first top 10 album. Like Water for Chocolate hit 16... And it went gold, but he didn't go top 10 until B uh, with Kanye. Now, Kanye produced the majority of those two albums, Finding Forever and B. And there's a whole other conversation about Kanye's crazy impact. Uh, But I I don't think it was all Kanye. I wrote an article about just the percentage. Like, if you look at um, Common, his whole career, with Kanye, without Kanye, so... The two albums that he had with Kanye went number one and two, right? Now, without Kanye, he averaged 62.6 on the Billboard 200. He sold 317% more, those two Kanye albums, than the, the other albums in his career. But I don't think, this is the point, a lot of people might point to Kanye and say it was Kanye, but I think it was just the perfect collaboration at that mm. time. I think we were all waiting for common to hop on something that just totally made sense. And to be honest, I thought it would have been like Water for Chocolate. I really thought that that whole Soulquarians movement really was his wheelhouse. And as you say, his comfort zone, but not so much, not just his comfort zone. I mean, like the thing that will propel him to it, like a whole other level. 
but it it turned out to be Kanye and that album B is as you say it, it's a total classic and and you're right about classic albums they do have a timeless feel and um you know I I quite like common stuff when they when it is I don't, I don't mind you know that dated stuff those those early mid 2000 beats uh but yeah man I, I agree with you I think that yeah. that album is timeless and I think they, this is the hard thing about rating Common's albums because when you say like the lowest or the last or let me start at the bottom, you can't really, and that's rare for an artist. Yeah. That longevity is really rare to have an artist <laughs> that's so consistent. Exactly. And at the same time, exactly. if we, we talk about someone who's putting out movies all the time, like I've got uh, his statistics on... Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy... Right, this is a crazy statistic. One of only 10 rappers... To hit the New York Times bestseller list with uh, not not let love the previous book. Uh, I think wow. you read that book. I think you read that book. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, that's that's a crazy. He, he's gross. The films that he's been in. So this is crazy. Since two thousand and six, he's been in thirty six major films. Uh, two point six a year. Okay, two point six major films a year while still releasing. Finding Forever, Universal mm. Mind Control, Nobody Smiling, Black America Again, like August Green, those films have grossed $3.7 billion at the box office. He was in John Wick, man. He was in American Gangster. Like, he's been... Oh, God. He's been in freaking... Oh. Bro, he's... What before He's been in movies, man. He's been in movies. And, and that's the thing about Common. Like, people... I wanted to get to more than just the music because it's been, like... You know, listening to Nobody Smiling, when I first heard it, you know, this is the crazy thing. To me, I was like, this sounds like 2008 Ice Cube. Like, he's just, like, venomous on these beats. Like, really venomous. Like, he's not smiling, man. He's talking real social shit. And coming off, you know, Finding Forever and Universal Mind Control and B, to pivot into such a social space, very, very valuable and rare but then it just went tenfold you know he has a relationship with the obamas you know he was in prisons trying to help prison reform like criminal justice laws there's just a million aspects of this guy's career and you know you wanted to mention um uh, the uh the diss track he had to ice cube and uh i'll set you up for that but um it kind of reminds that that kind of thing reminds me of why he does uh, acting because uh, I think I saw in an interview one time that he basically just wanted to, uh, you know, wear different skins, I guess, and you know, and, and learn to be somebody else, obviously, as uh, as, act- as acting uh, does. And you know, from the films I've seen, he does it pretty well. Like, yeah, I he's not bad. Fucking love his performance in John Wick Two. <laughs> How good is slaps. it? Man? How good them is fight it? them gun scenes and f- oh my god, he he's, he slaps up Keanu Reeves right, and they fight on fight down a staircase. That shit is f- that shit is funny and just action packed at the same time. Like oh man, Smoking Aces. You didn't mention that, but I love that film so much. Like he, he's great in that as yeah, Alicia Keys yeah. and Charlie P Henson in that. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. It's such a good cast, and like he does well. Like he really does. I'm not, you know, I'm not an acting coach or anything, but it's good. He does good performances. Uh, just right with um, uh, Queen Latifah, I think it is. Yeah, man. He he, he has some range. He has range. And um, mm. you know, uh, you wanted to mention that uh, diss track he did to Ice Cube, which uh. 
you know, I, I, I nearly forgot. I nearly forgot when you told me. I was like, he did do that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he freaking did. <laughs> he's been did. doing all this um, in the past like decade. He's been doing all this. Uh, uh, he did all this, uh, you know, Black America again, and, you know, doing a song for thir- Land of the Free, uh, I think it's Land of the Free, with uh, 13th, the documentary. He's doing this love thing right now with the book and the so- and the, and the album. I t- People forget, dude, like, has dissed Drake, he's dissed Ice Cube in the midst of the West and East Coast Wars. And cleaned Ice Cube Wait, up. Dude can dude could throw down, like, don't fuck with him. <laughs> You freaking cleaned Ice Cube up. Can you imagine that? Can you freaking imagine that? Like, I get when I first listened to I Used to Love Her, yes, it sounded pretty. I can understand why gangster rappers maybe took offense to that. So Ice Cube comes out and, and drops his, his track, and like, you know, he, he tries to get Common out of here. He's like, who is this? And then Common comes back with the bitch in you. It just, what the hell, man? How did he do that? But but here's a problem, like a genuine problem. You don't want that with Common. And he said that on It's The Real. Uh, no, it wasn't It's The Real. There was a there was an article on maybe Fader and, uh, they, or Vice. They went into the whole history behind it. And, uh, yeah, basically Common, mm. I think it was Pete Rock who produced that beat. And uh, I think he went, to, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure he went to No ID first. And No ID didn't want to do it or the beat wasn't uh wasn't what's the right word the beat wasn't hard enough so he went to pete rock and i think pete rock said look man you gotta you gotta stand up here and freaking common came like common came and that's one of the greatest diss tracks of all time can you imagine common having one of the great like when people told me that when they said yeah when i first heard about it because you know i'm that was a long time ago and they said common's got one of the greatest diss tracks of all time like really and like, yeah, he, he cleaned up Ice Cube. I'm like, no Vaseline Ice Cube? Yep. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, holy... And I listen to it and it's, it's, mm. it's flames. Because because you got an intelligent rapper, who like very intelligent, who can spit. And I always say this about people. You don't really want problems with people who are intelligent because they will like hone in on your insecurities and they're very insightful. And Common just took in the whole landscape at the time. And apparently people weren't too happy with Ice Cube at the time. There were all these different things that were going on in Ice Cube's career. And he just was very opportunistic. And he came in and, yeah, man, just washed him. Like, that's, to me, that's crazy. And a lot of people say that could be the end of Ice Cube's, that could have been the end of Ice Cube's rap career because he pivoted into movies. And he might have been moving going towards movies already at that point. And this might have just been a natural progression for him. But uh, I don't know, correlation is, mm. is a correlation there. Like Ice Cube had three or four classic albums in a row and he didn't really after that. So yeah, that was that was fire, man. That was uh, I'm still gassed about that. Like every time I hear that track or even think about that, I'm like, wow, Common was right in the middle of that. Common Common was yeah, just like don't play with him. Just don't play with him. He'll he'll clean you up. So just to finish off, I want to just ask a quick question. How many classics albums do you think uh, Common has, like, in your opinion? In my opinion, like, well, to me, August Green is a classic. To me, Nobody Smiling is very close to a classic. I think August Green is stunning. I think that's the deepest common has ever gone into existentialism. And it's clearly something he thinks about and, and sprinkles onto into his music, I guess, like water for chocolate and onwards. 
Mm. But that album, I look, I really, you know, I meditate a lot. I write poetry. I get freaking deep sometimes and think about the world. And that album is like, that's brain food. I know a lot of Commons music is soul food, but that for me is like spiritual food. And so I would place that very close to being a classic. So maybe two to three, Finding Forever, it's close to a classic for me, really, really close. But B is, I think B is a certified classic. What do you, how do you feel? What do you think? Um, I think, I hope Black America again will can be become a classic. I really do. Um, I think it deserves that recognition for what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, in the time that he obviously did that, he did obviously the uh, Land of Free, like I said, with the uh, Ava DuVernay's uh, 13th, and he obviously did Glory at the same time, which obviously won an Oscar. Um, at that time, I think he was just really focused on, obviously, the social justice thing that we mentioned briefly. And I think that album, just in terms of what it is for and who it is for, I really do hope it comes becomes a classic. Um, I certainly hope so. Um, B, for sure, classic. Like Wolf Chocolate, I think is a definite classic. Um, I want to I, I, I wanna put... Well, I'd say Resurrection as well. I think he has three for sure classics that I don't think anybody can... Uh, that anybody can comment on. I think it's mm-hmm. resurrection. I think it's like war, and I think it's B. Uh, if you want to contest that, I think you're just plain wrong. I really do. Um, I can make cases for others. Um, I'd like to make a case for the Dream of the Believer. I think the just the tone from back to front really works for me. Um, I'd like to make a case for uh, 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 maybe. Um, now you know what. No, no, I think I'll stop there. I think, like, three for sure. I'd make a case for two more. Black America, again, and Dream of the Believer. Um, the others, I guess... Well, you can make a case for the rest if you really want. But, <laughs> but those, those are mine. I think, for sh- I think for me, it's, like, five. And I just wanted to ask that, simply just to end on it. Um, simply because, I'd, again, just to reiterate, this guy hasn't got any dud albums. No. Nah. Um, there, there's not the consistency is one of the highest I think in hip hop history in terms of like, uh, discography. Like we love we love talking about Kanye's discography and the run he's had in the past ten fifteen years. We love doing that. I don't know why we don't do it with Common. I really don't understand because the consistency, while like they haven't been, um, you know, some of them haven't been commercially successful, uh, or you know, masterpieces like people con- uh, consider Dark Twisted Fantasy, which I agree with, obviously. Um, I, I, where's show me a shit <laughs> common album? Show me a crap one, honestly. Like, there's there's things to like about all of them. Um, in terms of just recommending, I highly recommend all of them because just the 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 switch up from sticking with like firm hip hop. I used to love her era of just. Um, the first four, so or the first three albums, and then you go into Soulquarian era, era. You go like Water, you go Electric Circus, bit rap, bit bit weird, bit you know, bit experimental, like, and then you go back to B and Find It Forever, and he's find his place again in like you know, in definite hip hop in in a in a time when, as we've said in several times, several episodes, where in the two thousands, hip hop was fucking weird mm. <laughs> everywhere. You know, he found his place in in with Commons B and uh, and 
just that stuff was just a real home run hit for me. And then he comes back like in the next decade and it's just social justice, talking about love. Like who's doing, who the hell is doing hip hop love albums? Seriously, who is? Who is doing that these days? Chance. Like, you know, they make, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. (laughs) how can I forget? How can I forget? Damn. (laughs) How can I forget the boy? How can I forget our boy Chance? Okay, I'll take that back. Chance is doing the love, her love hip hop albums. Totally forgot. I will take that back. That, that just went out of my mind. I will admit that I I just I well, just control it, delete that one. Good shit, Ben. Good shit. You are on you are on your toes. Thanks for keeping you on my toes. That's Shout right, out to man. Chance, our boy. That's <laughs> right, man. But yes, who? Okay, who is doing this? Who has this? Okay, I'll I'll reframe it as this. Who is being this mature? Um on a consistent basis. Obviously, Jay-Z has started doing that. Yeah, obviously, with 444, but that's just obviously Very one recent. album. Um, yeah. We'll see what he does later on in his life. But yeah, just with Common, it's been consistent. It really has from... I, th- I think it started with Black America again. So that's what, after that. So that's Black America again, that's Gorgas Green, and now it's Let Love. That's three albums where um, he's just looking inward, outward... Um, he knows what he he and uh, something I'd actually want to say on Let Love um, as a minor comment to it since I actually didn't get to it. Um, he I fe- I knew this would be this this felt like um, this particular album felt right at the time of his life. I really understand oh, yeah, yeah. why he did it like hundred percent and why he was wanted to talk about love and why he wanted to talk about that kind of st- and, and obviously him in uh, fatherhood and lessons he's learned. You can see the arc. You really can see the arc if you look out from the broadest of scopes. Looking at, um, um, okay, we can start. We can start like B era and just go from there. And obviously, he was trying to. He 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 had that UMC and the uh, Dream of the Believer kind of thing where like he he was being that he was doing that inspirational stuff, uh, but also wanted to switch up from a beat perspective. Uh, Nobody Smiling is very, um, in my mind, very Chicago-driven. And then he just then he just shoots it up. He finds his calling to, to be that uh, Black America Again guy, to uh, to rap on glory and to get that Oscar for a film that is just amazing to me um, in uh, in Selma. And, and obviously doing the things that he does on the side with his social justice uh, foundationing and now talking about love and talking about that, it just makes so much sense. It just makes so much sense when you link it, obviously, to Taylor Swift, still doing this high school shit. This dude, like you said, is nearly 50 years old. He really should be talking about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. He really should be talking about this mature um, mature kind of existential, I guess, um, moments and thinking inward and thinking about who am I and what am I here to do? And I'm happy that he's found his calling in this and I'm happy that he's comfortable with it. And I'm happy that I'm, I'm happy that I'm a fan of his cause it's just, it just, it just blows my mind looking at his career from the broadest of scopes and just seeing the arc and seeing that consistency. And even though you shit on his flow, which I can hey, test hey, with, shit on go listen to gigs. Just, just go listen to gigs. That just, <laughs> I know I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, there, there, there. 
I don't I don't find that as the worst thing that could be you know the worst thing you know if it was like we were, uh, if it was like Taylor and rapping about high school or, or oh, well, yeah, singing yeah, about high issue. school you know it's there's there comes a time there comes a time where you need to evolve <laughs> and Common's done that and I can't really fall I can't really fall on any any possible way other than Kendrick he's like one of my favorite artists of all time and uh, yeah that's a uh, that's kind of where I want to leave that. That's beautifully said, man. That's beautifully said. I only have two things to say to that. I think the Kanye comparison, I agree with you, but I think Kanye's been more influential than Common. And also Kanye as a producer, I think it's... I understand, okay. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I just think it's not a fair comparison yeah, yeah, yeah. for Common, if that makes sense. You know, Kanye's... It's just a different... So I think it's a little bit unfair to co- to common because yeah, I, I know think it's a, just, I know it's a different stratosphere. I understand that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that they're just existing in different spaces and, and taking different career arcs. But the 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 positive thing I will say, I'm not saying that that's a negative, but this is you know I don't know of any <laughs> rapper in the mainstream, yeah. and common is in the mainstream regardless of uh, whether his album charts in the top ten or whatever. You know, Snoop Dogg's still in the mainstream. E Forty's still in the mainstream. I don't know of any mainstream rapper who has consistently put out mature, uh, self-aware projects where he grows every time. And he doesn't get caught up in all the fuck shit. Uh, he doesn't get caught up in, and occasionally he'll he'll release yeah. a song about sex or you know whatever. But it, it's always usually coming from a place of respect and maturity. And I, you know, we said Jay Z, we say yeah. Nas with "Life Is Good," but you know these are late career, these yeah. are late yeah. career developments. Common has been, he said it himself. You know, like yeah. "Water for Chocolate" is similar to four four four. He's like he did it in what the year two thousand. I can't think of any other rapper with that dedication to maturity and growth and awareness and bringing knowledge and understanding and just it just feels like an adult you know it feels like and a lot of hip-hop i'm just gonna say it feels quite juvenile especially with regards to the opposite sex especially with regards to sex itself with regards to uh haters and you know look i love it sometimes i love getting into that bag of you know fuck the haters like i'm i'm listening to me uh but 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 it's so it's so inner focused and it's so um it's so one dimensional that i don't i don't know of a rapper like common yeah. there there just isn't another rapper like him and it, the 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 crazy thing is i love him so much and i wanted to do so much stuff for this album on hip hop numbers but the engagement was so low so crazy low and that surprised me. I thought there'd be a lot of love out there for Common. And yeah. this could just be my my follower base. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, you know. I've I need to do some more research on my own demographics and, and what they like and what they listen to and where they came from. But certainly I'm not seeing yeah. a lot of engagement on common stuff on Twitter and things like that, which surprised me a lot. And and it makes me think that he's an underrated and overlooked artist. When he really shouldn't be, he really shouldn't be. He should be. He should be in the conversation a lot more than he is because he's always stayed true to himself and he's always Mm -hmm. made very important music for hip hop. And I got to salute him, man. I've, I've, I said this to you earlier in the week when we were talking about this episode, and I said, oh, I really want to. I haven't listened to his full discography, but 
And I, again, I just finished a project for Complex and I was like, I don't want to listen. I don't want to be forced to listen to music again for the next two months because that was tough. But when I got into Common's discography, I just listened to it front to back. I couldn't stop. I keep going back to it because it's just freaking good. It, it it never feels like a chore. It's just great, and yeah. and I'm just really grateful we have common in the world. Thank you, common. Yeah, I, if I if we if we were gonna get into that underrated conversation, then I I, I just didn't want to stay away from that because I would have got a full half hour just like yeah, man. Like, but he you is. guys don't understand. Get that about that, but um, <laughs> mad underrated. But um, salute to common legend. All right, so let's get to my note. And um, God, this is this might be a long episode. Um, let's talk about so... it. Let's let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, so um, come on. So um, so you, so uh, if you remember, if you guys remember, if you frequent on this podcast, um, there was an episode a few months back where uh, Ben mentioned uh, Dave Chappelle, and basically, we were, in that case, I think we were talking about uh, just, uh, I guess. Uh, just how he was a co- as a comedian, uh, how he presents himself, how he does his comedy. Um, and obviously he's recently dropped a new Netflix special called Sticks and Stones, um, which is, let's be real, it's, it's gotten headlines. It's gotten headlines, as, uh, as most of you know. Um, people, it's basically, you know, PC police versus, uh, you know, uh, free speech advocates, I guess, or what, oh, I don't know, I don't really know how to label the, the, the sides, but um, there's a lot of moving pieces here, and, I mean, firstly, watching, after after watching it, I was just like, um, I while I laughed at most, most jokes, because it's a comedy thing, I'm here to laugh, um, while it succeeded in it, what it was, um, I didn't really feel that great about most of it. No. Um, regardless of if I laughed or not, you know, it's just, it was a lot of guilt laugh. It was just like, oh, why did I laugh at that? Oh, God, so crude. Literally, that was most of my reaction to it. So, um, you know, I know you've had a you've had a conversation with several people on, online. I think, uh, uh, shout to Sean Sotaro. Um, yeah, uh, complex, Sean Sotaro. Uh, senior writer and... Uh, Host of the host of the Cipher, uh, one of the best podcasts. Around. That's such a good um, podcast. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to know where you got where where you came on where you came on the side of it because uh, I I mean I'm I'm just in the middle. I understand everyone's outrage. I understand everyone's going, oh you libtards don't understand like you know this. But I understand all sides. But um, I just wonder where you're at. Yeah, man. Um, this is a complex one because. <laughs> Well, that's a bar right there because I was talking to Sean Sotaro and uh, he was pretty he was pretty critical. He basically said, let me get that, get that tweet up uh, off the rip. He said, um, <laughs> that Chappelle special was the worst if you thought it was funny or even worse, insightful, I'm judging you. Now, I, yeah, have mad respect for Sean mm. and we actually had good discourse and he kind of showed me, I turned my, my, my thinking around a little bit. <sighs> It's hard to explain this. I watched the first 20 minutes and then went out and said to my dad, Dave Chappelle's got a new special. And he's like, how is it? I says, it's shit. It's garbage. It's like, it's what the fuck is this? It's not funny. The point he's making is very simple. He doesn't need to go with this crass, you know, it's just, it's just really way over the top. And I know that he's making a point, but the point is so simple and I think Dave Chappelle is such an intelligent human and such a mm. great comedian 
there's he, mm. he he's made this point mm. already in his other specials you know and he made it in such a more intellectual exactly. and and uh nuanced and and just really engaging way and so I watched to the end, you know, and, and I thought, yeah, it's good. Like, the, I think the second half is much better than the first half. And then I was speaking to a friend and she said, he's saying what we're thinking sometimes. And I was like, I guess so. Like, yeah. he is. Well, he is. He is. He's saying some stuff. He definitely is. Like, I, I totally understand that. And I agree with that entirely. But... Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know that this is there was any point to this. Like, what? I, mm. I what is the point of this? What is the point of this special? It, it got it. You know, I, it got me into a couple of really mm. great conversations about the Me Too movement, and I learned a lot from the people that I spoke to. I learned a shitload. Um, shout out to Winnie. She schooled me yesterday, and and I learned a lot, and I thought about a lot, and had my opinion changed, which is good. But what was the point of this special, man? Like, what are you doing up there? It's not funny. Like, half this shit, you know, I laughed at a couple of jokes as well. Yeah. And the LGBTQ thing was yeah. interesting. It was interesting. And I understand, you know, Dave Chappelle yeah. said in, in one of his specials, yeah. I think it was, he said, if there are any comedians in here, remember, you have a responsibility to say what comes into your head. I totally understand what he's doing. I just don't freaking know why he's doing it still. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think this is I think this is the argument, isn't it, of talking of what it's not even for me it's not even about what he talks about. It's why he talks about them. Um I just I don't know if it's just because he has this Netflix deal and he has to get out a special now and again, you know, and maybe he doesn't have time to live life and just to, you know, uh, just, you know, try and just think up other things, like think about other things. Because there are many, many jokes on there where I was just like, I've heard this joke before. And I rarely get that with a major, with a major special of of this magnitude. I rarely get that because the, um, the, uh, the joke about... Uh, do you know how to stop gun violence? Have every black person signed for, signed to the NRA? I've heard that on so many. I've I've heard that on the Daily Show. I swear I have. I've heard that on another comedy special somewhere. I've I've heard that. I really have. Um, there was a, there was another one where I've where I completely where I felt like I've heard it before. But um, it's just that it really is asking why he's talking about it. Like I understand I understand like the ethos of Dave Chappelle. Like the dude. The dude did the uh, uh, did a black KKK member on his fucking sketch show in two thousand three. It's the first whatever, ever right? sketch. The dude's first been ever like sketch this. on be his show. Yeah, man, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, the the, the dude's here for you know, uh, I wouldn't say shock factor, but he's here. He's here to. Uh, he's here to be. He's here to be that guy. I re- he's he's here to poke at the bear. I understand that, but just sometimes it's like the Jussie Smollett one. I was like. You're literally saying what happened and then going, what the fuck happened there? I'm like, yeah, and, and, like, you know, it was funny mm. when it happened. And there were, again, many comedians that talked about it on social media, on their talk shows, if they have one, on the podcast. Like, it's so, yeah, you know, it was, it's so, it was funny. It's a funny moment in uh, pop culture history, but. You know, it's uh, it's we're 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 way past that, my guy. <laughs> mm. Just gonna say, just gonna be ahead on that. Um, 
And you know, I I get I get understand why he doesn't evolve. And I think that's I think that's everyone's irks irk, um, why people find it so irksome is because there's no evolution here. The reason I love Chris Rock and the reason why I think he's the goat personally to me is because he switches it up. He 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 rolls with what's going on. Like Tambourine is one of the best specials I've seen. And the dude's talking about being older and you know trying to link up with Rihanna and failing. Like, you know, that's yeah, that that's funny. Fun. That's funny thinking about that. Uh, thinking about Chris Rock at this age at 40 whatever age is whatever age he's at and trying to link up with Rihanna. <laughs> it's just excuse my cough. It's literally it's it's mad. But then here comes Dave Chappelle and he's like, let's talk about the alphabet people. I'm just like, oh my yeah, God, man. really? I didn't even know what he was doing talking again. about. Like, oh, it's, just, it's, just a bit, uh, it's just a bit tiresome. Yeah, I it, just... Well, I, I uh, did, I understood and I got it, but it was just, it was just like, yeah, all right. But I, don't, I, I, I just personally don't understand why people think he's like the goat just because he's a bit edgy. I'm like, well, yeah, there's a lot of edgy comedians, you know what I mean? So it's not, it's not exactly what's different, but... um. Yeah, I think um, again. This I think this uh, whole special was really overblown. I don't think it's that deep, to be no, honest. Um, I, I just so. find I just found it a bit. While I while I enjoyed the moment, I guess I'm not gonna watch it again. I don't consider it like oh that was a that was a banging set. Um, it, it's just yeah, it just is what it is. Dave Chappelle's James Chappelle. We shouldn't. We have a lot of um, shout out to Bamani Jones who. Uh, on his podcast, even Jones talked about the special, and he said, "Like, we rely a lot. Um, well, Black American, African Americans rely a lot on their Black comedians to be thought leaders. You know, you don't get that with white comedians. No, um, gosh, no, I don't. I, I don't. I don't not. come here. I don't come into. I don't. I don't live here in the UK and look for Jimmy Carr to be a thought leader. You know, what I mean, I'm not looking to <laughs> That'd Jimmy Carr. That'd be horrible. That. That'd be. There's horrible. a lot of Black comedians out there in America where." Where yeah exactly imagine that Jimmy Carr's a thought leader fucking hell um and um yeah they just rely on black comedians being thought leaders and obviously because Dave Chappelle's talking about this this you know low key homo homophobic um you know uh, the just talk and shitting on Me Too movement yeah you know it'll get some laughs I get it but it doesn't really add to the conversation um personally and I think that's the thing I think that's the main problem is just the fact that. People see Dave Chappelle as the cutting edge and the thought leader, and I just don't think he is. I I just don't think he is. He but he maybe was at one time, but I don't think he is at the moment. And you just have to be fine with that. If you like Dave Chappelle, then you like Dave Chappelle. If you don't, you don't. Like he said, you clicked on my face, and I did click on his face. I watched it. I liked it in a way, but I'm not good exact. I'm not looking to Dave Chappelle to be like you know the, the Mr. Woke. I'm really not. It's it's not that anymore. It's really not. But that's my problem with it. You know, he says you clicked on my face, so he's totally aware of the 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 image that he has. I honestly can't speak. You know, obviously, I can't speak on thought leader or any any of that part. I have to defer to other people. But the thing that frustrated me about this special was, yeah, he came across as kind of woke on one of his earlier ones, where he was just sitting on the stool, and it sounded like he was giving, uh possibly toxic male perspective on the me too movement all right now i sat down and watched that and some of it resonated with me and i thought to myself okay why is that resonating with me 
because I'm part of this freaking culture and I've been part of it my whole life. Like I'm a male and I grew up around young males. You know, I know the way they speak about women. I know the way they feel about this movement because they tell me. I certainly don't freaking feel that way anymore, but I have to learn, you know, I have to grow and I have to actually do some self-reflection. You can't just draw a line in the sand and say that was me before, this is me now. Now I'm not saying I committed anything, I'm just saying I totally understand what he was talking about. I've been in those conversations before and I lost a lot of friends from it because I was not that person anymore and men don't want to change. So that was an important special for me because I felt like he was exposing a side of the, and he has the platform to do it, and he has the guts to do it, I guess. Guts might not be the right word. Um, I don't know what the right word is there because I don't really want to attach bravery to it. I just want to say he said how he felt at that point in time, and I thought it was important. But what happened then was I thought it was going to be an upward trajectory where he's like, I'm, you know, he even said this, I support you in this, you know, I support women in this movement. But then he went, he went backwards, like a lot, like he tripled down on all those unhelpful and immature things he was saying in that special, because he was saying some wild shit. And I'm like, you can't say that. But it's making me think, okay, I can't say that either, but why? Why? What's going on? What's below the surface here? What's actually happening here? And a lot of men will turn the opposite way when they're confronted with these things. And I felt like Dave Chappelle wasn't, wasn't turning the opposite way. I felt like he was actually facing it and saying, all right, we have to fucking sort our shit out as males because this is the way that we were and this is the way we need to be. Let's get there. But then on this special, no, I didn't get that at all. It's like, let's go back to the way we were. Let's just say wild shit to get a reaction from people and no humility and no growth. Like, I know you're making a point about political correctness, but you're making it in, I didn't agree with the way he was making it. And if it really disappointed me. It really, now that I think more about it, and I had that conversation yesterday uh, with Winnie and like, you know, you have a responsibility, man. Like people clicked on your face. Yes. Now you're meant to be this woke person that you have created this persona. You didn't come in here. You're not Jimmy Carr. It's a great point. Jimmy Carr says at the start, I'm just going to tell jokes and they're going to be wild as fuck. All right. And, and like, that's what it is. You know, exactly. You don't click on Jimmy Carr and want him to talk about political stuff and social stuff. You never expect that from him. But then Dave Chappelle was like a Jimmy Carr set. It's like, what's the craziest shit I can say up here on Netflix and get away with it? It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, where's the growth in that? And we're coming off the back of the Common episode, who's always growing and progressing. And, you know, Common and Dave Chappelle were around each other back in the day. It's like, it was just disappointing as hell. And, and, Yeah, man, I, I'm just, I'm actually really disappointed by it. Like, I, I, di- I did have Dave Chappelle high up in my comedian kind of lexicon or whatever the right word is there. But, um, yeah, man, it's just, I'm really disappointed in that special. And Sean Sataro had a great point. You know, he said, like, uh, how many people actually do get cancelled and never come back? And he's like, how many men do these, powerful men do these things and like uncategorically apologize. Like they sit down and say, yeah, I made a mistake and this is what the mistake was. 
and I'm going to try and atone for this and I'm really sorry and I'm going to change my behavior. Mm. And he said, name mm. one that has done that. And I couldn't do it. And I said, you know what, man? I think you're freaking right. I th- and he said that the people that don't get canceled are the powerful men. They turn the other cheek and they hide behind their battlements and then they come back out when the, the storm has passed and everything's fine again. And yeah, man, I don't want to be an apologist for those people. And I felt like at times in this special, that's what Dave Chappelle was doing. And, and I don't fuck with that at all. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack in terms of just, um, you know, just how we see comedians sometimes. And But obviously that's not the show for this. So we shall end it there. Um, very fascinating conversation, as always. But um, we, we, we we do our things. We, 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 let our, we let out our thoughts and then we continue moving on and uh, changing for the better as always so with that said ladies and gentlemen this has been digging in digits <sighs> i love common bro I lo- <laughs> he's my dude he's my dude man i can't mate. if i meet him one day mate, you're just gonna see a gas look on my face man you, you, you're gonna see a you're gonna see a wide grin on the on the picture man absolutely crazy <laughs> <laughs> please chill that's gonna be a good oh, day man. the show I have been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element. <laughs> I've been uh, Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. And we shall see you next time. Have a good week, everybody. And we shall try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for this show, piece from video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chopper Breakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chopper Breakers will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending the time with us, and we shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits.